0: morning again, church. We're going to continue in our series, Stories Jesus Told. And this morning, we are going to be in Luke chapter 11. I'll be reading out of the CSB. You know, um, one of the struggles for many Christians is their their prayer life, and chapter uh, 11 in Luke, the first couple of verses, speaks about that. And for the, the Christian and, and in the life of the Christian, when we consider prayer and the way we view prayer and our habit of prayer will greatly show us where we are in our walk with the Lord almost more than, than anything else. Uh, prayer is like oxygen. For, for the Christian, we, we need prayer. But so often, we treat prayer as if it's like an oxygen tank. In, in other words, oh, we use it for emergencies. Uh, uh, When we are fainty and and going down is is when we throw on that oxygen mask. When we're sick or in an emergency situation is, is when we start gasping for air. But that shouldn't be so. For the believer, for the Christian, it is like breathing. It has to be such a part of our lives. This is an an important text in the Bible, Uh, so again, we are in Luke chapter 11, and we're going to be reading the first 13 verses, and I'd ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Luke 11, starting at verse 1, reads this way. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord. Teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. He also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, we, we thank you for your word. Just as prayer is oxygen to the Christian. Your word, Lord, is our bread. It is our water. It sustains our lives, Lord. And we so desperately need it. And we come with an anticipation to be satisfied when we enter your house. Would you satisfy us this day, Lord? Would you give me the clarity, Lord, to speak your word who can speak for god but the one that is filled with the holy spirit that you have called lord you will use even weak vessels lord for your glory would you do that this day in the precious name of jesus we pray amen amen you may be seated So as most of you know, um, I grew up uh, a tradesman, and as a plumber's apprentice, uh, you're tasked with learning your trade by watching other plumbers asking questions and also participating in the work. If left with an option, an apprentice would watch and ask who he or she believes is the best plumber to learn from. I'm not going to ask a person who seems as if their job is on the line or uh, their pipe isn't straight or uh, they're getting in trouble. I'm going to go to the best plumbers there, and and I try to be around them and glean from them and, and, and learn. What must it been like for the disciples to see Jesus pray to his father? The disciples were Jewish men. They were acquainted with prayer. They grew up praying. They saw others pray. They prayed in their homes. They prayed in the synagogues and saw religious leaders Pray, but something must have stood out to them uh, to see and to hear Jesus pray. To to see how often he went to pray, how he would go off by himself, the amount of time he spent praying. That must have really been something to see. What, What was it? Well, part of it is, Jesus had always been with the Father. So so being with the Father, his desire was to stay in communion with the Father. So so when we think about, well, who would I like to, to model in prayer? Who would I like to see, pray, and then follow suit Uh, Like the disciples, it would be Jesus. Uh, Of course it would be Jesus. Jesus is called our high priest. Prayer is much more than repetition. It's much more than just saying words. Uh, The heart has to be the the agent in prayer. Uh, People pray to A lot of different things. People pray to rocks. People pray to trees. God must be the object of our prayer. And the only way we are able to speak to a holy God is when Jesus himself is the medium. Jesus is the one that bridges sinful man to a holy God. Why should we desire how to pray? Well, when when I was an apprentice, there was no guarantee that one day I would be a journeyman or further unless I developed a certain skill set. So there was a potential for me to do well in life in the trades, but it was going to be determined by how well I knew my trade. So I counted it as extremely important. I need to learn this because it's going to tie into my whole life. Moving forward, how much more our communion with God, that we should learn how to pray because of the importance of prayer. And if we're honest, it is us understanding our ignorance to this duty, I remember when I was an apprentice, and it was a different time. Sometimes people are a lot more sensitive in this day, but when I was a first-year or second-year apprentice, I could be standing around seasoned plumbers, and they could be confused about something and kind of talking about how they're going to go about a task, and and I'm standing there along with them, and, and I would chime in and say, why don't we... Try this, this, and this. And um, they would just stop and look at me. And they'd go back to talking as if i never said anything. And then one of the guys would say what I said in a different way, and they'd say, yeah, Joe, that's a great idea, that that's exactly what we're going to do. So although in certain instances I was right, but what what they were saying is um, you've been around for two years. I've been doing this for over two decades. Um, You're ignorant to the procedures going on, and that was true at times, and other times it wasn't. But we know we need to be taught how... To pray. Not only because it's important, but because we recognize we're not that great in that. We we also need to learn how to pray because God tells us that this is our duty. But not only is it our duty, it is our Privilege. And we want to go to the master, the, the, the one who has been with God always. So it must have been a great thing for the disciples to witness Jesus on earth and him speaking to his heavenly father after seeing jesus pray uh, the request was teach us how to pray this is the only recorded request from the disciples for jesus to teach them something jesus performed all kind of acts in front of them all kind of supernatural acts but the ask was teach us to pray and, and, and Jesus said, whenever you pray, say, Father. Stop right there. Throughout the whole Old Testament, referring to God as Father, when it was done, it was scarcely used and it was within a, a communal, not a personal way that they would speak to God. But in the New Testament, It's hundreds of times since Jesus says, no, whenever you pray, say, Father. Father reveals sonship, that that God is our parent. What, What a thought. We... I don't know how much time, because we grew up in a time where God's our father. But he is the God of the universe, the one who has made everything, including us. He he did not have to institute our relationship with him being that intimate. But we have the privilege of not only calling him father, but receiving what it is to be an heir to the king of the universe. Prayer is not only a spiritual discipline. Jesus did not focus as much on prayer, but on his father He focused on relationship, on being with the one he loves. That's the issue right there. That's not what we're thinking when we go to prayer. Our desires is what dictates how much we uh, do something or respond or invest in. It It is our desire. God made sex good because if he didn't, we would not populate the earth. It is our desire for something that gives us a willingness to participate in it. But because we view prayer as a task, as only asking for something, and then maybe we're going to get it and maybe we're not. Uh, Maybe he's listening and uh, maybe we think, no, he's always listening, but I don't always get what I want when I ask him. I'll ask him in emergency-type situations. That is very different. Then I need to spend time with my father. Let me tell you something. When I was preparing this, I was thinking to myself, what about you? How often do you just say, everything stops? I'm just going to sit and be with my father. I, I run my life where if I talk to you five minutes too long, it's throwing something else off. That's not good. So, so when we do that, obviously we even put, I don't care if it's a half an hour, hour, whatever, this is where I'm going to fit God. I've made it a habit to not speak to myself much. I've said this before, because speaking to myself, I might choke one of you guys. Sorry. Scratch that from the tape. What I'm saying is we know what happens when we climb into our own head. So I've made a habit of my thoughts deliberately going to God. and and having this back-and-forth conversation no matter what I'm doing. And I'm sure Jesus did that. But in addition to that, he left the crowd. He left the work. He left the disciples. They would wake up, and he'd been awake with his father, spending time. Like, like, yeah, I got to cut the grass, and often I make it an exercise of when I'm cutting the grass, I'm speaking to the Lord. That is different than me saying, I'm going to sit right here, and I'm just going to spend time with my father. I don't have an ask. I just want to be with you. So so even in saying that, when I I prepared this and I'm saying it to you, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So Jesus tells them not so much how to pray, but also who God is. There is nothing wrong with reciting this prayer. But it's much more important to understand the principles. The Lord's Prayer is a model. But it's just like a map. I can't take a map. I'm talking to older people, and some of you young people might not know what a map is but we we used to use maps and like unfold the map and Jesse was my co-pilot and we got lost and I have to pull over and but I can't take a map and say okay we're going from here to there and 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 get there by running my finger across the map no I had to travel the road You you cannot fellowship with God by repeating words if your heart is not along on the journey. So often when we pray, our prayers are, are mechanical. We do it because we know this is what I'm supposed to do. It is your heart on the journey. And the reason I know sometimes my heart is not on the journey is because, again, I'm very like, this is what I got to do now. This is what I got to do this time. And my wife would just break out and start praying. And that wasn't in my box at that time. And it ain't a short prayer. And then I'm still kind of thinking, like, I don't want to lose my train of thought of what, like, I was planning to do And Whoa. Wow. That's crazy. So I'm admitting even my weakness in this area. Instead of teaching how to pray, he reminded them who they're praying to. And he started with Father because the primary purpose in prayer is not to inform God. (laughs) God is not um, getting to know something. It is actually for us to spend time With him. It's not us getting something out of it, but being with someone. Prayer is to the Father. Then then the text tells us, Your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. Prayer is about the Father's glory. We actually pervert prayer when we primarily when we we primarily view prayer about getting our needs met and not spending time with the father not honoring him not obeying him and not hearing from him But then again it does say in the next line give us each day our daily bread so, prayer is about our needs, but prayer must be God centered. Petitioning Him is not wrong, but when, is, when He's saying here, um, give us our daily bread, uh, bread is a necessity, not a luxury. Prayer is a guard against pride because some of you are thinking, I don't need to pray about daily bread. I got bread in my cupboard right now. Uh, that's not the case everywhere. Um, but every single Thing that we need, including bread in your cupboard, right? You don't know if you're going to go home, what condition your house is going to be in. Like we, prayer is a guard against pride. I'm not doing this. That's why another thing that my wife does, if I say I'm going to the store, I'll be right back, she say, God willing. I'm like, Yes. God willing. There's no guarantee I'm making it back from the store. That's why the Bible tells us, don't I'm going to this town and doing this, that, and the third. Your next breath isn't guaranteed. And neither is your next piece of bread. It says, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. For asking for forgiveness is an admission to our sinfulness. Uh, those who believe they are good have nothing to repent for or don't have to ask for forgiveness. But when we ask for forgiveness, we're recognizing, no, no, I need to be forgiven often. And do not bring us into temptation reminds us of the power of sin in our lives. We all know we are prone to wander. The text goes on to say, he also said to them, suppose one of you have a, has a friend and, and you go to him at midnight and then you say to this friend, hey, I have someone who came on this journey, uh, lend me three loaves of bread. And the person says to you, I... The door is locked. The the kids are sleeping, and so am I. They they lived in one room, usually a mat, all of them there together, so there was no getting up, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. You're going to wake up everybody. So for someone to come and, and, and knock on your door at midnight, first off, because someone had came on this journey Remember where they are. You you don't want to travel in the middle of the heat. So something held this person up where they end up being at night, in the middle of the night, and it was a custom. When someone came to your home to offer them food, it it would be wrong not to do that. It's like if someone came to your house and they were sweating, It was 90 degrees outside, and you don't even say you want a glass of water? But it was even a bigger deal than that. So he gets this knock on the door, and rightly so, he starts the conversation with, friend? That's why I don't tell a whole lot of people where I live. We may not be friends if you're knocking on my door in the middle of the night. But in this culture, that was a big deal for someone to come and you had nothing to give them. They weren't going down to the store. You baked your bread every single day. But we can go to God any day, any time, for anything. This this word that's used here um, for shameless, uh, boldness, um, persistence, it's only used here in the New Testament in the Greek. So it's somewhat hard to... Define, but it speaks about, like, because of your willingness to put yourself in that situation, I'm not getting up because you're my friend. I'm getting up because you've come in the middle of the night with a request, and now I'm like, whoa. It, it, it would be like, someone that doesn't regularly call you calls you in the middle of the night, you wake up, you look at your phone, you kind of don't want to answer it, but you're like, if they called me in the middle of the night, it's urgent. And, and, And I have to respond to their requests. And I don't know if the Word here is persistent because there's some different thoughts on that, but if you kept knocking, even if I didn't respond immediately, at some point I'd have to say, no, 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 I have to address this. Persistence accomplishes things. It it, it creates change. It creates change in our circumstances. Um, And it even... Creates change in us as we continually go to God. It changes things in our relationship with Him. The more we are with God, the more we look like God. Persistence will always change things in a relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean good. One of the leaders here was talking about how uh, when they saw who is now their wife, they uh, pursued her. She wasn't interested. He persisted. She's sitting next to him. It could have went another way. She could have called the police. (laughs) Either way, it was going to be a change in the relationship. But when we go to God and we are persistent, it changes us. The more time we spend before him, the more we're changed into the image of his son. But the basis of prayer and us getting what we desire is not our persistence, but God's character. This this story that Jesus told wasn't a story of this is how God is. No, it was a story in contrast. And, and, And what it's saying is, if your friend would not do this for friend's sake, but because of your boldness, even though he didn't want to do it, he did it, how much more? Your heavenly father, who is called father, who loves you, where all good and perfect gifts come from him, will give to his children. He, he, he um, Jesus ties it in where he, he makes this comparison. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. What father among you, if his son ask for a fish? Will you give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if you ask for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is showing you from the lesser to the greater. I'm not wise enough to discern every need of my child. Sometimes in an ask, I give my child what they want. And then I think to myself, am I spoiling them? Sometimes I say no, and I think to myself, am I being selfish? Am I just tired? You know that those things play into it because if you seem as if you're not in the best mood, they ain't coming to you at that time. Like, Oh, no, I'm going out this weekend. I ain't going to blow this. This is not the time to ask. God is never that way. God is never wondering. If I say yes, is it good? If I say no, am I being selfish? No, God is perfect. So every yes is good for you. Every no is good for you. It is perfect. It is a gift when he says no. Every wait, every time you need to be persistent, it is good for you because he is perfect in all his ways and he's accomplishing something. You can come up, Brittany. It's funny because then where this prayer is recorded in the other place in the Bible, it speaks about God just giving these gifts. But here it says that how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And you might say, I have the Holy Spirit. That's not what I was asking for. He given the Holy Spirit, he's given himself. So, so when you need wisdom, he's given you the spirit of truth. When, when you need comfort, he's giving you the comforter. When you need counsel, he's given you the counselor. He, he, he's given the best gifts. That's the father that we have. So when we pray, you know what I used to say to the youth group? And, and, and don't answer this question because you might get in trouble. Would you, would you marry for money? In other words, I really, I'm not feeling this person, but the perks that go along with being with this person makes it real nice so I'll tolerate the person for the perks. We we know that God has cattle on a thousand hills. He is the king of the universe. If when we pray, we are not going to prayer with the thought, I want to spend time with my father. And the only thing we're going to him for is the next ask, is the next bailout, is the next thing that we need. Will we marry for money? God is so gracious and patient and long-suffering because even that thought, There's people here that's like, wow, that's where I'm at. And I've been there. I, I understand that, but God is altogether lovely. More than anything that God can give you that you think is going to satisfy, satisfaction is in him. Being with Him is where the pleasure, the contentment, the joy, the peace, the confidence. Just being with Him. That's why He's given us the Holy Spirit. So when we pray, let's consider that Jesus wasn't spending time in prayer because he was requesting something from the Father as much as he was spending time with the Father. And, and, And that is why he would wake up early. I can't wait to be with you, Daddy. And he would spend time. I'm sorry. This is me and my father alone. I'll catch up with you guys. And they saw that. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Would you stand, family, so I could pray for you? Oh, Lord, I don't know about anyone else here, but for me, help me to spend time with you. Like the song we sing, the world can wait. I need to stay a little longer in your presence, oh God. to be with you. Pray that, Lord, for your church this day. This can revolutionize our prayer life. What it means to pray and what it means to spend time with you with no distractions, with no agendas, just to be with you. And as we do that, making us look more like your son. Pray for the one that is struggling in that area, Lord, that you would do a work them. That they would desire to spend time with you. But I also pray for the one Lord that is here. That for the first time they're hearing that God wants to spend time with them. That Jesus came to this earth to break sin, that chasm that put the distance between a holy God and man. And because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, that they could not only be free from their bondage of sin, but they could have a relationship with the king of the universe, with almighty God, the one who is holy, that cannot be in the presence of sin, but because of Jesus' shed blood on the cross. If they repent and accept what Jesus did as their payment, that all their sins would be washed away. And they would be in the position to call him Father too. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your word to do a work in the heart of the one who was lost and in your children. That are continually being changed into the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we can have a great confidence in the work that you're doing, Lord. That you, who have begun a good work in us, that you'll continue that it will be perfect and complete in the day of Christ Jesus and in his return. And for that, we are ever grateful, Lord. And we thank you for this word and what it's going to do in each one of our prayer lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.